Hi, this is Norm Augustinus. I'm sorry I missed your call. After tone, leave your name and number. I'll get back to you. Hi, Norm. I have a story to tell you. When I was a teenager, my parents assigned me the job of taking down our artificial Christmas tree. I put every branch of our fake Christmas tree into the cardboard box. I pushed the box against our big picture window in the living room. My mother gave me a big glass of eggnog and I sat atop the Christmas tree box and I drank the eggnog. The next step for me was to drag the boxed artificial Christmas tree down the basement stairs and leave the tree in the basement until it was needed for our next year's Christmas celebration. Norm while I was sitting on the box drinking eggnog, an enormous rock-hard 11-inch long dick tore through the cardboard Christmas tree box. The dick plunged point-blank into my tight pussy. I heard my hymen rip in half like a piece of unwanted printer paper. I yelled for help hoping my parents would hear. My mom and dad were in the other room drinking Spanish coffees. Eventually my mother and father appeared and they pulled me off the freakishly long and very thick dick. Norm the police said that someone had cut a hole into our big picture window using a professional glass cutter. The cops said the person climbed through the hole cut into the window, and then they cut a hole into the Christmas tree box and they crawled inside the cardboard Christmas tree box. The police found a small knife that was used to cut the round hole into the Christmas tree box. One of the detectives told my mother that the person waited for my sweet cunt to be directly over the hole cut into the Christmas tree box. When my gash was directly over the hole the person hidden inside the Christmas tree box plunged his gigantic dick through the hole cut into the Christmas tree storage box and into my desirable cherry pie. The police never found the person that took my virginity. My dad cut out the section of cardboard in the Christmas tree box that contained the hand-cut dick hole and he framed it. The knife the cops found is glued onto the cardboard just below the dick hole. That framed dick hole and knife has been hanging on the wall in my bedroom for years. It's really helped me emotionally. Norm, our house surveillance camera recorded a strange sound that evening. I believe the sound is the noise that is made as a knife is used to cut a dick-sized hole through a Christmas tree cardboard box. I'll play you the audio clip now. I'm gonna cut a hole in this box to get off my rocks. In and out I go, yo ho ho. That is the end of the audio clip. I hope this story helps your female listeners. Norm, I gotta go. My friends call me Companty. You can call me Companty too. Please return my call. Happy 2024, Norman. Bye. End of messages. He wishes he could have killed his grandmother. His mother says everything he touches turns to shit. He's been to jail, spent 24 hours in a mental institution, and unsuccessfully tried to kill himself three times. And now, live via the internet, abso-fucking-looting-free, Norm Augustinus. So two days before New Year's Eve, I got in the mail five containers of Party Time Helium. Party Time Helium is helium. They're just little tanks. Little tanks of helium. (coughs) And I do this every year. Party Time Helium for helium balloons. But I don't do it because I want to have helium balloons at a party or something like that. I do it because... 
on New Year's Eve, right at midnight, like everybody else does, they celebrate the ball drop, dropping in Times Square. Well, I don't do that. And New Year's Eve, I set up some outdoor lighting in a generator, because I live on 100 acres in the middle of nowhere, up here in upper northern Michigan. I set up lights in a generator. I can bring out all kinds of booze and other things like that. I got all kinds of pre-rolls, all kinds of really a shitload of dope. I've got now five and a half bricks of Pinconning Paralyzer, 97% THC. And I have that because there's a woman up here that I banged out some time ago. Initially, I crashed on an ultralight aircraft. She was in the area. She helped me. And we ended up screwing, and she's been a great pal to me. Her her family owns a grow house here that's a wholesaler for marijuana in Michigan. Marijuana is, the sale of it is, is legal throughout Michigan. And they're a wholesaler. They grow it. And she's been giving me one brick after another of Pinconning Paralyzer, which is not garbage shit filled with all kinds of buds and all kinds of stems, shit like that. This is premium fucking marijuana, 97% THC. And I got bricks of that shit. I brought it out. It was going to be a big deal. Now, why do I want party time helium? Why did I do this? You can do this to yourself if you want to. You have to have some party time helium. You have to have rubber balloons, and you have to have about five yards of fabric. And I ordered the fabric from Michael's, and it came in the mail also. And why do I have fabric? Why do I have balloons, rubber balloons? Why do I have helium for for New Year's Eve? The reason is really quite simple, and that is this. Every year, at the close of the year, I send up about 200 pictures, actual photographs. They're real photographs. They're black and white because I think it brings out the nuances of the photo. Every year, I do about 200 photographs. I shoot them up. I connect them to a balloon. I fill the balloon with helium. Now, what is the photograph? And I let the balloon go. What is the photograph? The photograph is of your correspondent, Norm Augustinus, and I've taken a picture of my dong, and I'm pointing at my dong. It's in black and white. They're the best pictures you've ever seen. And I do that because... How many people in the world will actually get a chance to see a 15.5-pound dick? And that's the truth. Now, I say dick like that, kind of menacing, kind of I push it hard when I say dick, because it's not something to mess with. It's not a toy. It's something very deadly serious. A dick is a weapon. And I say dick hard. I say it accordingly. Dick. 15.5-pound dick. Someday you'll get to the level that I am, and you'll be able to use words like a wordsmith. You'll be able to use the words as they're meant to be used from the beginning of the word to the end of the word, and you'll be able to sing that word out and have some kind of reaction with regards to that word. That's what I am. I'm really a wordsmith, and that's why you're here. You're trying to learn how to be a wordsmith yourself, how to live these adventures yourself. So I have the pictures, the photographs that I take of my schlong. My schlong is 15.5 pounds in size. The reason I know that, and I say this often, a lot of times, I guess I should have this put on my tombstone someday, because a friend of mine who was a cocaine salesman, he had his two kids, they were very young, and he had a cocaine scale, that's the thing he used to measure the weight. And he allowed me once to put my dick on that scale. He's dead now. He died a long time ago. And he allowed me to put my dick on that scale, and I weighed it. 
and the dam scale bottomed out at 15.5 pounds. It was just a huge dick. Now, there was cocaine on his scale, and his sister was in a room, and she came over and licked my dick and sucked off the residual cocaine, and he did also. And it was really a, a kind of an exciting thing. I weighed my dick after I put it on a scale. And would you believe that it kind of went down a little bit, the weight of my dick, not from 15.5 pounds, because there was so much coke on my dick. It was like it was deep fried and batter or something, like I'd floured my dick and it was ready to go in a frying pan. But once I took the, the coke was licked off, my dick got substantially, not substantially, but got lighter. I think I wanted to say substantially because it sounds so impressive, the word, substantially lighter. And I put my dick on that scale, and that's how I found it. It weighed 15.5 pounds, my dick. As I, as you may or may not know, my friend used to take his, his kids, there were little kids, a little girl, little boy, and he'd put the cocaine on their shoulders on their flannel coats, and he'd put the coke on there. It looked like dandruff. The kid would walk into the place of business, wherever the person worked, and they would always get a little tiny vacuum that was powered by batteries. The kid would give the customer the, the vacuum, and the person would vacuum the coke off the shoulders of the kids. Nobody knew anybody was doing anything with cocaine, and they got to keep the vacuum, too. It was really an exciting original idea that this guy came up with. He was that kind of a mind, though. He had a mind that, much like your correspondent, a mind that was so good that it really didn't fit anywhere and would stand out straight away as somehow problematic to an HR person who's designed not to let the talent rise, only to a certain area, a certain line on a, on a fucking stick. Like when you measured yourself and you put a line on the wall in your house, that's what an HR person does. They watch to make sure that nobody really ever exceeds that line. They want the same dullards, the same dolts in there, so there's no fucking waves made. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. But that's how I knew my dick was 15.5 pounds. And that's why women come around all the time to meet your correspondent up here in upper northern Michigan in the middle of nowhere on the 100 acres that I live on. It's like a gunslinger, a famous gun, a gun fighter. They want to take me on. They want to see if their fuckhole can take my meat, can take my dick. And they show up in droves year after year after year to try to take on my dick. Now, most of them can't take it. Most of them end up writhing in pain, flopping around like a fish out of water on the shore that wants to get back into it, flopping around in agony and pain. They bloody well just don't want, they can't handle it, honestly, that's it. Then I get to occasional women that can handle it. They can shut off the feeling in their cunt when my 15.5 pounds goes in there. Then there's the one who flat out wants it and needs it all the time, that kind of a dick. God forbid you ever meet something like that, because I know you're not ready for that. You're not at that experience level like I'm at that experience level. This is a lifestyle for me. This isn't a lark. This isn't a gimmick. This isn't a stage show. I'm not at fucking Sonic being served by a bunch of fruits fucking some foot long with coney sauce. It isn't anything like that. This is, a, this is the real thing. So, now the pictures. I take pictures of my schlong every year and I send the pictures of my schlong up on helium balloons and I release them just a little picture it's black and white I put it in a saran wrap bag and I sign the pictures additionally there's a tiny swath of fabric in there 
It's a piece of fabric. I order it from Joanne Fabrics and sometimes Michaels, and I order five yards of fabric. Now, what I do with that fabric is really exciting and interesting. You could do the same thing. You've got all the tools right there as you listen to me speak. You have everything that I'm talking about now. So there's no reason you couldn't do something like this, Fuckstick. What I do is I get the fabric and I cut the fabric into little squares the size of an American dime, a 10-cent American coin. I cut the swaths that big, the fabric. And then I blow my load. Now, when I say blow my load, it's not a joke. It's blowing my load. It's like the fucking, like a submarine has imploded and it's been crushed from down in the depths. It's like that. It's like something's imploded inside my bag and it's blowing out all the shit out of it, out of my, out of my fuck stick. I take my jism when I've blown my load and the jism I put on the swaths. Now I catch my load on this big fucking, this little plate you'd put out for the holidays. It's a rotating plate about a half inch high. You can put it on the counter the holidays and it rotates and it's flat. You can put anything on it you want, even a turkey and it rotates. Now, what I do is put my cum on that fucking big thing, this big plate, and then I take the cum with a tiny little plastic spoon I have, and I just keep rotating the tray, taking some cum off, and I put it on the swath of fabric, and then I include that swath of fabric with my photograph of my dong. It's a long shot. I'm standing there naked, and I'm pointing to my dick, and I'm smiling, like, uh, I don't know, like a crooked half kind of smile. I'm smiling it, and I've got the fabric stapled to the picture, and it's inside the Ziploc bag. The Ziploc bag keeps the thing waterproof, and then I connect that to the helium balloon. The helium balloon, which is made of rubber, is inflated with helium. Now, I never overinflate the helium, put too much in the rubber balloon. The reason is this. Rubber today is very fragile. It's not as thick as it once was. Helium balloons made of rubber are much more fragile. So as they gain an altitude, the pressure will grow. And if you have too much helium in it, it will blow the balloon up prematurely. And you don't fucking want the balloon blown up prematurely. I want it to go to 10, 15,000 feet in the air and then get caught in a jet stream and be taken all over the fucking world. My balloon, my helium balloon, with a picture of me pointing at my dick, I'm smiling, I'm pointing at my dick, I'm standing there, and I've got this swath of fabric in there, and then there's an email on the back of the picture that I put on there. I take this little yellow post-it, peel it off, and I put it on the back of the picture, and it has my email address, and you can write to me, you can contact me. You can't believe how many people contact me, and this is kind of an indicator, the way to check on the release of the photographs, I see how many people have found them. So I don't want the balloon to go to 10,000 feet and automatically blow up because of expansion, which happens at higher altitudes. I don't want it to blow up. I want it to be able to swell even more, expand even more, and not explode. So you have to know how much helium to put into the balloon so the damn thing doesn't blow up. What good is if is it if you're sending up pictures of your schlong, of your big dick, your dong? If you're sending up pictures of that, you're pointing at it, you're giving them a swath of cloth fabric with your with your cum on it. What good would it be if the damn thing went up and blew up right away, ended up laying in some field and just dry rotted away, ended up in some wood area and dry rotted away, ended up in a river or a stream or a lake or even the ocean? That goes nowhere. It does nobody any good. It's not a benefit to me whatsoever. The satisfaction comes when I realize that my pictures of my dick 
have been released on New Year's Eve, and they're going all over the world for some woman who's made a New Year's resolution, and she might have said something like this, I hope I get another man. I hope I find a bigger dick. I hope that one day this year that I find somebody who's really sexually good who can conquer me and bang me out from the rear, flip me around, throw me through windows. And then my picture shows up, lands in their backyard, and they know and there's the fabric. And women are experts at jism. They smell the fabric. They examine the fabric. They're looking at it with a magnifying glass. Some will hold a flashlight under it. They know quality jism. They know it. The quality jism is what? Quality jism is the semen, the actual semen, not, not the sperm. The semen is the medium that carries this, the, this, the sper- living sperm. They know this, the quality of it by the thickness of the medium, really thick medium, the, the semen, not the sperm, the semen that hold, that allows the sperm to swim around in this goo, really thick shit. They realize this is a hardy man. This is a real protective, insulative solution to help get their semen into their fucking cunt, past their cervix, and into their fucking egg chamber in there. They know this. They want thick shit. Sometimes I add a little stuff to it, a little thickening agent to kind of throw them off the track. But that's what women are experts at. I mean, come on, that's what they are. 3,000, 4,000 abortions a day, pregnancies galore. They know fucking. They know intercourse. They know eggs and cum and semen and balls and sucking and fucking. They know all that shit. They're good at it. I don't know about anything else, but they are good at that. So it's a real, real pleasure to send this stuff up. This, this kit that I send up in the air to know that on New Year's Eve, it's like I said, I, it's flying around. It lands in their backyard. Some bitches in the backyard on New Year's Day. She's back there. Maybe there's no snow on the ground. She's walking around. She's looking at the neighbor's dog and there's a fucking dead helium balloon or almost deflated helium balloon. And she's got this saran wrap picture with this naked dude, really attractive dude, with this big goddamn machine hanging from his waist, which is my cock. She sees this. She sees the fabric. Her day is made. Even if she's holding on to a baby, she goes back into her house. She dumps a kid in a fucking crib and she examines all this sexual shit like a fucking master, like Sherlock Holmes or some shit like that. That's how skilled they are. And her new year is set. She knows that something's coming this year. She knows that because what's landed in her fucking backyard? Maybe there's a teacher or something, a preschool teacher. She's in some preschool during the backyard. It's the wintertime now. And they got the kids out there and she's standing there and she's talking to herself in her head, saying how much this sucks. She's sick of fucking working with fucking people's little orgasms, two-legged orgasms, walking all over. She didn't think she was going to be an orgasm fucking rustler, like a cowboy, an orgasm, two-legged orgasm cowboy, making moving the herd here and there. She didn't think that. She doesn't want that. That's her at the preschool. And then my shit lands in the yard. She picks it up. She sees this guy standing there pointing at his dick. She thinks, what a great new year. This is a good omen. This is fantastic. You know, I've made some New Year's resolutions, and I feel they're going to come true. Hmm, what's this? It's a little swath of fabric, and she takes the fabric off. She takes, I staple it onto the picture. She unstaples it or pulls it or uses a staple remover or takes her fake acrylic nails with the cum jammed in it, all kinds of dried cum and orgasm juices and perspiration and skin and snots. She takes a fecal matter. She takes her acrylic nail and she puts it under the fucking, the pa- the staple, and she pops it out and she looks at the piece of fabric and she says, wow. 
This is fucking credible. A piece of fabric with cum on it. She's smelling it and shit while kids are running around playing with a fucking volleyball or playing with a football or playing fucking whatever they're playing, dodgeball or fucking cricket or whatever they're fucking playing. She thinks, wow, there is a possibility for me. And they do. They think that. That's how it is. Remember, always remember, women live in the world of romance about 99 fucking percent. That's why when you suddenly jam into them this, a phone call that says they owe $275 in a cell phone bill she hasn't paid in three months, they say, what? They can't handle it. They can't figure it out. They don't know what's going on. They just hang up on the person and they say they're never paying. That's because they live in romance. It's non-reality. It's fucking clouds and it's perfume and it's fucking beaded things and jewels hanging from the sky and all kinds of fucking romance and trips and vacations. They love vacations. They love trips because they can now be treated like royalty, royalty like they think they are. They want someone else to wait on them, someone else to do shit for them. They want to sit by a pool. That's why they like to go on trips. Any woman I've ever had, I've told them straight out. You're never going on a trip with me. I'm never going around the world. I'm never going to Argentina. I'm not going anywhere. If you want a fucking vacation, there's the lake right there. Go take a lake, fucking dip into that, bend over that picnic table. I just goddamn sealed it with wood sealer and some stain. Bend over that and I'll bang you out. And then you can go in the fucking water right there. There's your vacation. I tell them straight out, there are no vacations. There is no romance. I told one bitch this. I don't know why I'm on this track now. I told one bitch what I'm going to tell you right now. And she literally slapped me across the face, not once but twice, and it was hard. And I saw stars for a minute, and my eyes started to water. You ever have that happen? She really liked me, and I said to her, You know what romance is to me? She said, What, Norman? And she thought it was going to be something deep. I said, You don't want to know what romance is to me? I can't remember her goddamn name. What was her name? Connie or something like that. I think it was something like Connie. I said, you know what romance is to me? She said, what, Norman? And I said, romance to me, Connie, is being able to pay my fucking bills. And that's when she slapped me two times, one across one side of the face, one across the other side of the face. My eyes started to water, honest to God, and I heard a cracking sound where my jaw hits, where your jaw connects. That's how hard she hit me. Romance is their idea of what life is, and you better goddamn serve them up romance. But I can't do that. I'm more into the practicality end. I'm more intent into the mechanical end of all that shit. Bend over, here's the hole, here's the dick, I'll put it in, I got a bunch of shit over there we can smoke, I got a big screen TV. That's my idea of romance. Maybe yours too, I really don't know. Maybe you're some fruit, and you do all kinds of shit with your old lady. Buy her flowers, you put fucking flower petals on the floor, lead them to the bathtub. Some cliche garbage like that. My idea of romance is, if a woman goes to the fucking window head first, and she's okay on the other side, laying on a hill or on a mountain, on the side of a hill or the side of a dirt pile and all, if she's okay, that's sort of romance. We did it. We pulled it off. Physical interaction is what I'm into. So I send up these fucking balloons, these helium balloons. I send them up on New Year's Eve. Now, when I say that I sent up 200, that's not an exaggeration. I had over 200 photographs that I had developed over that. I had them developed at a place that does bulk photographs online. And it was the same picture on every picture. Just me smiling there, pointing to my dick, 
And the dick looked really big. I asked the people if they could enlarge that area, and they said they could. Because that's the only area that a woman is interested in. I mean, look at the billion, zillion, godzillion dollar business that porn and sex is. If you think they're not looking at your dick, you're nuts. Just looking at some fucking catalog, and they were selling underwear with a fake dick on it, made out of fucking the foam they make out of beds today. And I just can't believe it. That's what women are looking at, and that's what they want. You have to give them what they want. You have to understand what they want. Your sister understands it. Send your sister over to me. That's not a joke. I'll help her into the introduction of the real world today. I'll break her in for you. Might even go fucking ice fishing. We could do stuff like that. Go ice fishing. Go hunting for things in the woods. We could do that. Send her over to me. Send your twin sisters over to me. It's okay. They'll be fine. So they send these balloons up with the pictures. You release the balloon, the picture's on there, the swath of cum fabric is on there, cum-soaked fabric, my email's on the back, and I let them go. You cannot believe. I mean, that's how the earth is. You cannot believe the response that I get. I mean, think about the earth. You put a drop of water anywhere, something will grow out of that drop of water. Anywhere in a fucking planet. That's how magical this planet is. That's how gifted, how entrancing how beyond our our fucking understanding that this planet is a drop of water. Can you imagine? And there's instantaneous reactions all over the place. And now you send up cum, living cum, the creator's jism that I hold in my sack, that I carry around. I'm the custodian. I'm the trustee. It's in my sack. And it's in my balls. And I'm keeping it warm. I'm keeping it fresh for bitches. Now I send the creator's fucking special cocktail up on a piece of fabric with a helium balloon and a photograph, what do you think happens on that? I just told you what happens in water. Try to imagine, fuck stick. What happens with fucking jism, with cum on a swath of fabric from Joanne Fabrics or Michael's? It's incredible, the response I get. One email after another, and nobody said that there was cum on that swath of cloth. I never said nowhere on there, just had an email. I never said there was jism on a swath of cloth that I included stapled to the picture. I didn't say that. They just knew. I didn't say there was cum on it, semen, sperm, whatever you call it, blow, two-part epoxy, white hope, whatever you might call the cum in your bag. I never say that, but yet they know it. And the response is instantaneous. I can make connections with people on the furthest reaches of the planet. The seven continents are no fucking problem for Norm Augustinus. And the response is phenomenal. Why? Because I'm dealing with the main thing, the only thing that really matters on this planet. And that is the interaction with a bitch. Unfortunately, you can't have a genuine interaction with a bitch anymore. What you're really having interaction with is a chick that's a fucking TV commercial with two legs. She doesn't know nothing. She knows only what the fucking TV has told her in TV commercials. A walking fucking product advertisement. That's all you can connect with today. But not the bitches I'm with. The bitches I'm with are different. They know better. They've been pre-lined up. They're disappointed. They're unhappy. They've been fucked by the six dykes that run this fucking world. The six dykes that told them to stay away from men. Men are bad. Men will fuck you. Men hate your guts. Men will do this. Men are that. They've been told this repeatedly, and now they're 30 fucking seven years old, and they're crying their eyes out, wondering what the fuck they did. Why did they follow these six fucking deficient mental fucking dykes 
that told them not to do this, not to hang around a man. And that's what's going on now. And that's why now is the perfect opportunity for you to fucking score big. Because they're disillusioned. They can't stand being around a woman no more. The stench of snatch and tits and makeup, that's all wiped them out. Now they want a goddamn man. A big set of balls filled with fucking cum and a tight grip around their fucking body as you're hugging them and fucking them. That's what they really want. I knew this long ago. You maybe didn't even know it. But I knew it long, long ago what was going on, and they were following. That's what women are. They're like fucking sheep. They follow anything told to them. You now hate this. You now hate that. You now hate this. You now hate that. We now tell you to do this. Don't do that. They are following all this shit more and more away. They've gone astray from what? From dick. From your dick. From my dick. From men's dicks. The dicks that they want so badly. Well, there's antidepressant built into jism. Did you know that? There's a natural antidepressant. Scientists have found this. If a woman takes cum all the time, they feel pretty goddamn good. Well, they're not taking cum all the time. They're taking a fucking big rubber dildo that's empty. There's nothing in it but two deep batteries made by some slanty-eyed motherfuckers in China, and that's what they're taking, and there ain't no antidepressant in that fucking tube. I don't want to get too far off, man. So it's been exciting. I went through every tank of helium, party time helium. They deliver. They deliver, man. I sent up at least 200 balloons. Now, my thumb and my middle finger, my pointer finger, not the middle, are kind of aching today. And it's not only aching, but I've got resins all over my fucking hand from dope. There's all kinds of resins over it. They're sticky. It's like I dip my hand into a vat of fucking... That shit you use when you're making candles. It's like that. It's all stiff and shit from my middle, my pointer finger and my thumb clutching onto the little nozzle on the party time helium, putting the balloon over it. And then once you put the balloon over it, you bend this nozzle over and the helium comes out. It's like that. But you're constantly bending this nozzle over. It's like a rubber nozzle with your thumb and your pointer finger. And they're really stiff today. But you know, you have to put out. You have to put out in order to get something back, something to become returned. You have to put out effort, and then effort may come back. For every action, there's a reaction. Unless you're in bed beaten off all the time, there's probably not anything involved in that other than for yourself, and that becomes a vacuum, and that's dangerous, isn't it? So it's exciting as shit. And I used every drop of helium. I smoked all kinds of goddamn dope. I sat out there. I didn't have anything on but my cape. In a pair of fucking underwear. Now, my cape I had made by a woman that lives in Manhattan. She really wanted me. And I, I, in retrospect, I probably should have went for her. I should have pursued that more. She was a wonderful person, a wonderful woman. And I didn't pursue it because I always say to myself, what bitch would want a man, say like what I was doing on New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve would want a man who's standing out there sending up helium balloons with his naked picture on it, pointing at his cock, with a swath of fabric that is completely immersed, that was once drenched in my jism. What woman would want that? You have to think that. Now, there are some that want that. I presently have a woman here that has come a long way to hang out with me, and she's very much like that. It's incredible. I've had a good time. So it's been fun to send these things up. I want to talk about something now. I thought I would start this and try to explain what I do with this to try to help you understand. You could do the same thing. 
I mean, fucking doing this, lighting a sparkler or some shit, sending up a firework, fucking with your fucking caps you throw on the ground and make a little popping noises. What good is that? That doesn't do nothing to anybody other than annoy your neighbor or worry your neighbor that your sparkler, your fucking rocket's going to cause some fire on their roof. That's not very good. There's no, there's no reaction. There's no gain. There's no possible growth there. There's nothing but growth with mine. You send it up. It's your dick. It's a swath of cum. It travels thousands of fucking miles. You just don't know what could happen. It could end up in fucking some Greek fucking woman's house or some shit like that. She's walking in Italy and she's getting some loaves of bread and she's walking and she gets that and she maybe wants to meet me and my entire life could change because of my mindset. That's how your correspondent is. I'm always open. I'm always there. I'm on the ribbon. And shit happens, motherfucker. And it happens big time. Bags and bags of happening. Bits, garbage bags full. Three mil thick glad bags. Leaf bags full of fucking opportunities keep coming towards your correspondent at an unending rate. I want to talk about something. Something on a more serious tone for the New Year's. By the way, Happy New Year. I hope you've made your resolutions. I wish the best for you, fuckstick, but it's likely not going to go because how can you change your mindset in one fucking day? Not even one day. How can you do it? From one minute to the next, you've changed your mindset? No. 11.59 to fucking 12 p.m. midnight, your mind is changing or a different person? No, not really. You need a significant fucking altering event, like things that have happened to me. Driving through the fucking woods on a six-wheel Argo Frontier, six-wheel fucking thing, drive, big balloon tires, 18-horsepower engine, and running people over who are out there camping and fucking. That will alter the way you think. I've done that. Not once, but a couple times. Like fucking in a fucking bald eagle's nest. I've done that. That changes your perspective. That allows you to grow beyond anything you can imagine. Because now the governor, in your mind, it's automatically there, that regulates how far you'll go. You've broke through that. Doesn't make sense to the governor that's built into your mind. It doesn't make sense. You've broke through it, and now you've gone beyond that. Anything is possible. So I want to talk about something here. And that is, as you know, or may not know, because I have so much woods behind me, I have a million acres of forest, Hiawatha Forest, another forest, all the fuck around us, up in the UP, down in the Upper Peninsula, uh, Upper Northern Peninsula, all kinds of forest, a million acres of fucking trees. Trees, rivers, lakes, streams, quicksand, sand dunes. If you can, mountains, if you can think it, Michigan has it. There's no other fucking state like it. But you have to be prepared for what can happen here. There are brown bears here. They say there may be some grizzly bears in the Upper Peninsula. There are moose here. There are fucking badgers. There are wolves. You have to be careful and be savvy while you're out here learning. Those are the things that try to pull you back when you're out in the woods. Just like the people you'll meet every day, wherever the fuck you are, whatever burned out, depressed, horrible place you are, the same people, only they're not wolves, they're, not, they're different, they're people trying to fucking take you down. You can't let them. You gotta prevail, keep going, not get eaten. That's what I do. So, the woods are so plentiful here that I found a way to possibly financially have huge growth which I've been looking for. As you know or may not know, the creative industry in America is really not there. Women think fucking instead of paintings, they believe that art is about them. 
They think that you should be looking at them and not a fucking 60 or 70 or $150,000 painting. They believe they're the art. They have no interest in art. They only want art if they can sell it. They don't have any interest in that kind of shit. It's a hard way to make, if you're that kind of a person, if you're such a persuasion, you can't really grow that way in the art world in America. As you know, your correspondent is rather creative. It's a tough, tough haul. But now I've found a way, I think, that I'll finally break through. I'll financially become independent. And I've talked about it on and off. I've talked about pussy scalps up here in fucking upper northern Michigan. Pussy scalps were were Indians that would scalp some bitch's pussy when she's out here in the frontier land when Michigan was just all wide open frontier. She's out here. She's standing by her rock house, her sod house, her whatever, her log cabin. She's out here. She's extremely good looking. She's horribly dick deprived and some Indian in Michigan came up and scalped her cunt when they scalped that they'd get their pussy and then they'd wear that pussy around their neck and they would trade that pussy don't ever fall for that shit that they were trading furs and stuff like that in fucking America early America they weren't trading furs fuck stick they were trading goddamn pussy scalps pussy mounds that had been cut using a tomahawk, cleaning up some bitch's fucking crotch, and it was gone. They'd scalped that right off. And that shit's worth a fortune today. If you can find a bag, a cache, a leather fucking, a leather bag, some type like that, a fucking wampum bag, whatever they call it. If you can find a bag of pussy scalps, scalped from young fucking bitches that come up to Michigan. They're standing by a log cab and their old man's out hunting moose. She's standing there in her long goddamn dress. She's as clean as the fucking first snow on the planet. And she gets her cunt scalped by a fucking ravaged Indian, some goddamn redskin. That cunt scalp is worth a fortune. It's an underground market. It's an underground market. The scalps are worth anywhere from two, honest to God, to $20,000. If you can get a pussy scalp and it's a blonde scalp, it's a redheaded scalp, they're the real thing from early immigrants to Michigan, the 1800s, 1700s when they were building log cabins and shit. If you can find those and they are verified, you're looking at $50,000 in cash. They don't even fucking mess around with checks and shit. It's cash. It's an underground black market. Now, honestly, think of this yourself. Wouldn't you like to be sitting in your fucking old 1950s, 60s house that you're in right now? Your plaster fucking walls, your hardwood floors, your basement. It's almost exactly the same house that was made in 1950. Wouldn't you like to be in your room right now on your single foam bed and you look up at the wall and the whole wall is covered in fucking pussy scalps that you've collected worth two, five, ten, twenty, thirty, eighty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars a piece depending on the scalp it is. And that's what they have up here in Michigan. You have to find the pussy scalps. At one time, there was 1.9 million Indians, honest to God, living in Michigan because it was all woods. If you were a white fucking fair maiden and you had beautiful blonde hair or red hair and you're walking around the goddamn woods, I don't know what you're holding on to, something for water, connected, trapped a squirrel, and you walked into that shit and they scalped that thing, how much is that worth to you? It's worth a lot, man. I mean, I'm getting shivers right now, man. I'm fucking getting shivers right now, motherfucker, thinking about the goddamn pussy scalps and what they were connected to at one time, this young virgin maiden thing. They weren't like the bitches today. What is the bitches today? 
She's taken thousands and thousands of feet of dick. She's taken fucking hundreds and hundreds of dildos. She's rode sex machines. She's got fucking pussy shrinking cream. She's done everything and anything to that cunt and that asshole trying to explore it out. Mine it out for personal gain. There's nothing left anymore in the fucking cunt. Who wants that old cunt? That old bag of shit. Nobody. That's why women, that's why men want young women. That's why fucking men want fucking pussy scalps. It's the real thing. Ain't nothing like it is today. Good like, luck with it fucking today. So you got the pussy scalps up here. Now that's not what I want to talk about. That's just a preface of what I'm going to talk about. That's an introduction of what I want to talk about now. I've told you about pussy scalps and how Indians have hidden them up here in Michigan, upper Michigan, upper northern Michigan especially. There are mounds buried and they're covered in leather. And in that leather pouch, huge leather pouch, could be a thousand pussy scalps taken from chicks. She's out there. She's bending over. She's putting fucking wood on the fire. She's putting wood on a fire. She's got a fucking iron an iron bowl, an iron fucking big dish hanging over the fire. She's cooking up stew or some shit like that. Well, they call it a stew pan or a stew pot. She's got a pot hanging off that fucking thing. And she's there and she's been over, man. And she fucking cunt his scalp just like that. She didn't even know what happened. Just falls forward. Her head goes right in the stew pot. And even with the dress on, he was able to take that cunt scalp right off. How much is that worth to you? Priceless. How much is it worth to anybody? Absolutely priceless. Got to get some bitch today. You got to pretend that she's not had a thousand dicks in her cunt. You got to take her out and shit. Who wants that goddamn garbage? Not you. I advise you to stay clear of that. You will eventually lose everything, motherfucker, just like your correspondent. I've had it happen, and you'll lose it all. You'll be thanking me. You'll say, God damn, Norm, you're right. I just went in the goddamn back room. I whacked off. I fucking beat my meat, and I don't want a woman anymore. I just saved a fucking 200 grand. I just saved a 100 grand. Cha-ching! And you can't believe the gain instantly that you have and the fucking way your self-esteem will grow. Exponentially, on a daily basis. So what I want to talk about is something that is even worth more money. And you have to be in a, in a kind of a rural area. Now, Michigan was all rural, surrounded by three great lakes, billions of trillions of, God, of gallons of fresh water. The history is so beyond any other state, it's pitiful. There's nobody with a history that Michigan has, from the Indians to the Great Lakes to the mountains, the sand dunes. Every motherfucking fruit will grow in Michigan, except a pineapple or a banana. Every fruit will grow here. It's nuts. That's why people want to come here. And you can come here too. If you're a chick about a size three, you've got a big orange fucking mopping long hair, your tits are white, your nipples are pink, you've got freckles all over, and you speak Irish fluently, you can come here and expect to take the dick. Because that's what I got waiting for you. Yeah, you'll eat and shit. We'll do stuff like that. But expect to take the dick again and again and again. Mm. Mm. So, I want to talk about something that's even more valuable. That's really what this whole recording was about. I'm sorry if I rambled on. Rambled on, you're a busy man. This show's 
for men, you know, it's not for fucking fruits. This is a man's thing, a man's verbosity, a man's fucking thing put together for a man to enjoy. This is where we come. This is where we powwow. We come secretive to have the world that we want to have, to avoid the bullshit they're trying to shove down your goddamn throat, your gizzard. So here's what I'm talking about. There's something more valuable in the woods in northern Michigan, or even all of Michigan, but you, how, how do you look in the lower part of Michigan? There's goddamn skyscrapers everywhere. There's factories everywhere. Sure, the stuff is still probably there, still buried, but it's not untouched like if you go from Flint on up, Flint, Michigan, all the way up to the Mackinac Bridge. Nothing but fucking woods and unexplored territory filled with brown bears, moose, fucking wolverines, coyotes, wolves. It's filled with that shit. It's untouched. Bitches don't want to go there because there's nothing to buy there. You can't buy nothing. They're not going there. Till they move there and they put a Starbucks, which is the way they seed the entire area. They put one Starbucks there. One bitch shows up. She tells her friend another bitch and another bitch and another bitch comes to Starbucks. Suddenly they put another building there and the whole area is fucking nuked. The whole area gets filled up with used maxi pads, used tampons, tampax. The whole fucking thing is gone. So there's something more valuable than you could ever imagine than pussy scalps. Yeah, pussy scalps are valuable. Yeah, they're really fucking entrancing. Yeah, they're really special. Yeah, they're really unique. I mean, the pussy hair mound off a chick's cunt. Think about the action, the interaction, the cum, the jism, the blow. The other dude's body laying on top that pubic mound. Her riding a log when her man's gone. Her legs are spread, man. He's gone. He's out there hunting for fucking jackrabbits or he's hunting for fucking whatever he's hunting for, a moose, a deer. And she's got her legs spread and her lung dress up. And she's riding a log in the middle of nowhere in upper northern Michigan. She's on top of that log and she's humping it. Look at the history that's embedded and ingrained into a woman's pussy pubic mound. It's like a tree ring, really. A whole fucking story's there. I'd pay anything for that. And one day there's going to be a massive story break in this country about a certain select few who have thousands of fucking pussy fucking pussy pubic pelts. These fucking scalps. That's what they really are. Pussy scalps. A big story will break. And they'll try to destroy people for liking pussy. Ah, it's absolutely laughable, man. <laughs> so here's something more valuable, <clears throat> excuse me, than you could ever fathom. And you're going to say, this is nuts, Norm. This is nuts. This doesn't make sense. What you're talking is crazy. It's not real. It is real. It is real. Just like pussy scalps are real. They're out there. Big prominent people have a fucking dresser drawer full of pussy scalps. They can pull a dresser drawer open. They can pull a scalp out. They can smell it. They can feel it. They can fondle it. They can put it down by their dick. And they know that that, that woman's pussy mound was right there once. It's down by his dick. It's where it's supposed to be. And they can get themselves turned on. They can beat their meat. They can go on and conquer the day now. They're free. They're released. They're, they're oiled up. So... There's something bigger than that. And I'm going to tell you what it is straight out. This is what I call it. They've called it other things. But basically what it is, is an asshole wreath. What is an asshole wreath? It has nothing to do with Christmas, fuckwad. It's an asshole wreath. I think asshole is one word. So asshole wreath. Like a wreath, like a Christmas wreath. But it's not a Christmas wreath. 
Now, what is an asshole wreath? Well, just like the Indians who would scalp a woman's fucking pussy, just scalp it right off. And they'd wear it around their neck and shit, around leather strings. They'd wear it around their neck. They'd make pants out of it, like shorts. These Indian shorts, I can't, I don't know the name of them. But the whole goddamn thing was made of pussy scalps, and they were shorts, and it was the pussy hair coming off the both of his legs and his ass and his body. It was an entire pussy hair pair of shorts made out of pussy hair, pubic mounds, and the leather behind it. It was really, really interesting thing. These are asshole wreaths. These are worth twice the money that a fucking pussy, uh, pussy scalp is worth. Twice the money. An asshole wreath. What is an asshole wreath? All right. Let's take, let's take it back a little bit. You got a, an early frontiers woman. She's in the goddamn woods, right? She's in the woods. They pull, she's planted radishes and she's planted fucking, uh, carrots and she's planted cabbages. She's in the woods. It's extremely rural. The closest neighbor is 50 miles away. Her husband is out hunting something. I don't know what. Maybe they're catching worms because he goes trout fishing, things like that. He's capturing worms. She's bending over pulling a carrot out of the fucking ground. When she bends over to pull a carrot out of the ground, the Indians, they had Apaches here, and they still say there are Apache Indians, secret tribe of Apache Indians living in Michigan in the upper northern woods, and even possibly an Arapaho group that are living in the woods in Michigan. They left the west, the frontier out west, because they were being persecuted by Custard and all that shit in the government, and they came to Michigan, and they still thrive here. So, say this woman, she's bent over. She's pulling out a fucking carrot out of the ground. She's got her knife and she's cutting a cabbage out of the ground. While she's bent over on her big, long, homemade dress, while she's bent over, one of these Apaches, one of these Arapahoes, Indians, they come behind her, they pull her fucking dress up. There's that sweet ass, that sweet, delicious cunt aimed straight at him. It's like a theater show and the curtain has just gone up and it's the best theater show you've ever seen. The curtain's gone up. That's her dress coming up behind her ass. And there's her asshole. There's a, that's our stink star or fucking brown eye. There's her asshole. And there's her cunt. Now what they did then, this is, I just learned this as of the new year. I had some people stay over. What the Indian would do was quickly cut out her asshole. That included all the hairs that were embedded around her asshole. There were hairs around her actual hole, the rectum, and then the asshole they would cut out, and then they would take that out. She didn't even know what happened. She kept fucking, that's how fast they are. She just kept tending to the cabbage, the lettuce, the carrot, the beans, whatever she's growing in there, the potatoes. It happened so fast it took her a little bit to die. And then she died. She thumped over. Husband finds her. He comes back. He's got a big bucket of worms. He's going to catch him trout. And his old lady's laying on her side and her asshole's missing. And possibly her fucking pussy scalp's gone too. She's been scalped down there. What happens is they call us an asshole wreath. Why do they call it an asshole wreath? Well, well, one, it's round. It's round and all the hairs of her, of her sphincter, all the hairs around her rectum that were there, they're all in there. So it looks like a Christmas wreath. That's why they call it an asshole wreath. Now, they're worth an absolute fucking fort. I mean, you'd be gobsmacked if you knew how much these things were worth. How about $50,000 and up if you could bring somebody an asshole wreath from 17, 1800 from early frontiers women in Michigan? If you could bring them an asshole wreath, you're in the money. You don't have to worry anymore. Now, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find asshole wreaths. 
Now, how am I going to find these asshole wreaths? Now, here's what they used to do also. They would dry the asshole wreath out, and it was round and leathery, and then had all these hairs around it, but you could clearly see it was an asshole. Some chick, stink star, or a brown eye, that's what it looked like. It's round. It's been cut out. It's been dried, and they wear these around their neck for good luck. I don't know how it was good luck having somebody's asshole hanging from around some fucking Apache's neck, some Redskin's neck, some engine's neck. I don't know how it was good luck, but they saw it as good luck. And today, sure as shit, it is good luck. It's worth a fucking fortune, motherfucker. It's worth 50 grand, 75 grand, 100 grand or more. It's whatever the fucking buyer is willing to pay to get some chick's asshole wreath. I mean, what would you pay? Let's say a fucking sweet redhead. She's fucking in her early teens, man. There she is. She gets her asshole scalped out, cut out. It's now an asshole wreath. It's dried out by the Indians. It's processed by the Indians. How much would you pay for that? And I'd pay a fortune. Go to work every day. You got your asshole wreath under your fucking shirt and your tie. It's unbelievable. You go to work and you're fucking you walking around the back. You're protected from anything. You don't get sucked into a machine. You're wearing a tie, a bow tie. You get sucked into some lathe, some bridge point. You don't get sucked into those machines because you're wearing an asshole wreath that's got these unbelievable mystical fucking powers, unfathomable powers. That's what they are, an unfathomable luck guaranteed asshole wreaths. And now they even had the same puckering and everything. You saw the asshole. You saw the puckering around the asshole. Some of her fucking ass cakes were still connected to the asshole wreath. And you could just fathom it. You could just imagine it. At that time, they weren't taking dick up their ass like they do today so much. This was a pristine asshole, man. An asshole wreath. What is a wreath? It's a celebration. It's something on your door. Possibly a black wreath. Somebody died. It's some significant event. That's why they call it an asshole wreath. It's an asshole wreath, but it'd be better if it was called a, a female asshole wreath. Nobody wants some dude's asshole wreath. I sure as fuck don't want one for one. I don't ever want a man's asshole wreath. As I said before, this is a goddamn man show. This isn't a show for fucking fruits. This is an international man show. I don't want any fruits here. There's no fruits on this show. I promise you that. I just know it. I'm not talking fruit shit. I'm not saying fruit language. Fruit things that draws a fruit in. Asshole wreaths. They're everywhere in the woods in upper northern Michigan. These asshole wreaths are everywhere. Now, the hard part that I've been told why they hardly ever find them, why they're worth so much, these whole, these, these assholes that were cut out by Indians. They used a tomahawk, they used special knives, they cut the fucking asshole right out. Just drop forward, you can't shit anymore, you're dead. And these asshole wreaths are hard to find. But I've come up with a way that I can find the asshole wreaths. You're going to say, how? How could you find the asshole wreaths if nobody else is finding them? It's just skin and hair, isn't it, Norm, to try to find these asshole wreaths? No, it's not. It's not at all. Let me explain something to you. If a chick takes a dick, say she takes a dick once in a while in her can, she takes a dick in her stink star, her brown eye, her shithole, she takes a dick in there, and there's a dick in it, and she's on her stomach, and she's taking a dick or somewhere else, wherever she could be bent over. The body, the female body, it, now it, it's the female body is a master at, at iron, the mineral. The female body, it, it thrives on iron, has to have iron because of her period. Iron is what a woman is. She's just this big iron thing. Iron processing, uh, bipedal, carbon-based units, iron processor. If she takes a dick all the time, or even once in a while, 
What happens is the body, the subconscious mind says, she's taking something into her asshole. We have to protect the asshole. And how does it protect the asshole? It now sends quantities of iron to her bunghole, to her stink star, her brown eye. It sends tons of quantities of iron around the entire circle, encircling the asshole with iron. Iron is just steel. Now, the asshole is shored up by iron because it doesn't want a big dick to go in there and tear her asshole apart. Slops around, chunks come out, the asshole falls apart, it disassembles itself, the woman can't function well anymore. It doesn't want that. It now shores up the fucking entire rim, the perimeter, the exterior rim of the asshole with steel so that it can't tear. Okay, now that you know that, you know that that must mean that an asshole wreaths all over Michigan, all over especially upper northern Michigan where the Arapahoes were, the fucking Apaches, the fucking Iroquois, the Indians were here. And they still think there are a couple secret tribes here. And if I could find that, that's worth a hundred grand. The photo alone of them dancing around the fire at night or some shit like that. Now that you know this, you know that that must mean an asshole wreaths. Chick was out here, 1780. She's working on a fucking, a big fucking pot of beans or whatever they make. She's been over. She loses her asshole. She dies. Indian wears the asshole. He processes it around her neck. They store these assholes. They gain them up. They collect them. They use them as fucking actual monetary, as, as money even. Now you know that. You know that that means that in the woods here in upper northern Michigan, these asshole wreaths, they have iron in them. Well, how do I find these asshole wreaths? No one else could. And I'm taking a risk telling you this right now. You shouldn't even know this for fear out of that you could be somehow a future competitor to me. But that's the love I have for you. That's the feelings I have, the deep love I have for you. If you were here right now, I'd give you a hug and I'd dick your sister. I I mean, I'm telling you that straight out. Maybe even your mom. I don't know how bad she wants to stay young, how horribly she's fearing old age, whatever links and depths she'll go to to try to look young. I, I would probably dick her too. But I'm going to do this. Now that I know that there's quantities of iron around the rim of the asshole, the female asshole, because I didn't know how I could find these at all. It's just an asshole buried in a leather bag or something in the woods in upper northern Michigan. I mean, how would you ever find it? You can't. It's organic. There's no men, nothing. Well, now that I know there's iron that has tried to shore up the female body's asshole because a big dick was in it, shore it up, strengthen it, and make it impenetrable to tearing or ripping. Now that I know that, I'm going to hook a metal detector to a drone, a metal detector, a lightweight metal detector. I might even create the circuit myself. I'm that good at shit like that. I'm going to hook a metal detector to a drone. I'm going to fly the drone over massive grids. I could even program the drone to fly these grids by itself. Even if it hit trees and things like that, it would go around the tree. I'll make it fail safe for that purpose that it'll be able to go around like a fucking Roomba or something, a vacuum that hits something in a furniture in furniture in a, in a living room. I'll have big grids, and it'll fly these fucking grids, fuckstick, in the woods, waiting to pick up a hit, a signal, some kind of feedback. Now, how does a metal detector work? It transmits a signal down. If it hits something, it bounces off that piece of metal and comes back and makes a noise. It's like a submarine, kind of, with uh, fucking sonar. It's like that kind of stuff. Radar on the ground. It's just similar to that. And I'm going to fly through the woods looking for a hit 
of asshole wreaths, often asshole wreath, off a fucking big cache of asshole wreaths. Maybe a gigantic area, 25, 50 feet long, 6 feet deep of buried asshole wreaths. And I'll find this fucking cache of asshole wreaths because there's iron around the asshole and I'm going to pick up that iron. It's just going to see, the metal detector is just going to see it as metal and I'm going to fucking cash in. I shouldn't have told you that. I shouldn't tell you anything like this because it's so goddamn, the, the return is so monumental, so huge, so preposterous in fucking, in, in all kinds of, the enormity gives me a headache just thinking about what I may be facing with what I've discovered thanks to the new year. Had some people over. It was a big fuck party. We're all smoking and shit. One person fell down the staircase, broke a fucking leg on thigh bone. It, it was just a massive fucking party, but I did get something out of it. Man, even out of the worst fucking novel, the worst book you could read, you're liable to find one sentence in there that makes sense that hit home, that hits home with you. And that's the same thing within life. Okay, there's a lot of shit you got to grip through, but eventually you're going to hear something that could change your life. You save it, you polish it, you help it grow, you water it, you feed it, and you tender it until it pays off for fucking you. This is something that I'm so excited to do right now. I mean, I've, I've literally popped a rod telling you this just now. I've popped a rod. And that's a private thing that may go on after this fucking recording. But I've popped a rod thinking about the asshole scalps. Did you know that a woman's asshole, that her body will send her asshole shitloads of iron? Iron's a mineral. It's real iron. When you're taking iron tablets, it's iron. My tiny, minuscule fucking sizes, pieces of iron that we need to live. More women than men. There's the iron. It's rushing to her asshole. That is what's going to make the money for me. If the person could have figured that out, and I figured it out. It's wanting to be found. Asshole wreaths are in the ground. They want to be found. They want to be dug up. And they want me to cash in on it. Asshole wreaths. <coughs> Fucking pussy scalps, man. <coughs> right there, waiting to be uncovered. Who fucking cares about some website? NormAugustinus.com. Head over there now give to you physically in some kind of pain who cares about websites who cares about fucking wholesaling or shipping shit or selling your garbage your fucking your damn handy kit you made to some woman online look at this make these little things or magnets with a smiley face on it $4.99 who cares about shit like that when the possibilities are absolutely endless if you open your mind to what's really in front of you what's around you there may be a chest of gold, I don't know, two miles from your goddamn house, 61 feet deep. But how do you get at it? How do you unearth it? How do you find it? That's up to you, man. But I know that the future for Norm Augustinus is fucking mining asshole wreaths out of the woods of upper northern Michigan using my special modified fucking drone. I know it. I know something about drones. I made one years ago. Go look it up. Before any motherfucker ever did. Go look it up. Asshole wreaths are my future. Big round fucking brown eye. A big fucking shithole of some sexy female. With a hair still embedded in the rectum. 
with a discoloration and darkening around the asshole, not bleached like bitches' assholes today, but a real asshole that was prepared to go the distance with you in life. bitch I want, man. Asshole wreaths. You've been listening to the one and only My dick is enormous. There is no escape. It's a big clock. In cyberspace, it's dark out there in cyberspace. It's scary out there in cyberspace. You're out there in cyberspace. You're frozen with fear. You don't know what to do. You're looking up. You're looking down. You're looking to the right. You're looking to the left. It's windy out. You don't know what to do. You're frozen. Till eventually and quite abruptly, you hear this distant chiming clock in the background. And you follow the chiming clock until it gets louder and louder and louder. Eventually bringing you upon this bright illuminated place in cyberspace. There are thousands of people there. They're holding hands. They're smiling. They've been waiting for you. There's that thing that brought you to this place in the first place. It's a tower. A hundred, hundred and fifty feet tall. Brown bricks, tan mortar. Way at the top of this tower is a glass bezel. It's a clock. It's backlit. And above that is this chimey bell-like thing that brought you to this place in the first place. And you know why you're at this place in the first place. You're here to clear out your pains, your frustrations, your aches, your woes, your disappointments, your hurts, the person that died on you, the ramen noodles you're sick of eating, the credit cards you can't pay off, the apartment you can't pay for, the house you think you'll maybe never own, the bitch who left you, the guy who left you. You're here to clear all those pains and frustrations out. And how do we do that? Well, the moment you heard my voice, you were instantly and automatically filled up with this highly absorbent orange-colored solution. It's been inside your body sloshing about this entire recording. And now, at the end of this recording, we lie you gently down, we pop the corks in your toes, and all of that highly absorbent orange-colored solution comes gushing out of your body. Look at it. It's forming a small mini lake alongside you. It's orange-colored. It's rusty. It stinks. It's toxic. We shake your feet getting out the last drops of highly absorbent orange-colored solution and replace the corks in your toes. You can't believe how good you feel. You feel like you can go on another second, another minute, another day, another hour, another year, maybe infinitely. It doesn't matter that a friend of yours is making $250,000 a year and lives in a million-dollar house. It doesn't matter that another friend of yours has got the best-looking bitch you've ever seen or another friend of yours has the best-looking dude you've ever seen. None of that shit matters. All that matters is how good you feel right now. You know you can feel this good anytime you want to. Anytime you're in duress, anytime you feel like you can't go on another second, all you gotta do is think of the big chiming clock in cyberspace where you meet your pal, your friend, Norm Augustinus. And instantly and almost automatically, you'll feel refreshed and clear. You know the best part of this recording, the most important part of this recording at least to me, is that for one hour, we were friends. 
Friend, I enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Write me, normaugustinus at gmail.com. Tune in again for another exciting episode from the amazing mind of Norm Augustinus. Dear Agnes, I have come up with a unique woman's dildo. My dildo is 14 inches long and 2 inches wide. When a woman inserts my dildo into her dripping, vibrating fuckhole and pushes it in and pulls it out, the dildo will actually suck up all the vaginal juices inside the pussy and then store these juices inside small holding tanks inside the dildo. Why does the dildo do this? Because in 60 seconds or less, the toxic vaginal juices inside my dildo will be transformed into a powerful alcoholic beverage thanks to a space-age onboard electronic circuit powered by two double D batteries. Simply pump off your pussy, wait one minute, and then unscrew the dickhead and pour the 200-proof pussy puke into the glass of your choice. Agnes, can you loan me $1.3 million so that I can get my puke maker dildo into production? You will be the vice president and I will send you all the puke maker dildos you want. Please get back to me ASAP. The Chinese people can't be beat when it comes to manufacturing dildos for horny American women, and they are excited to get started. I want my 200-proof puke maker schlongs on the shelves by next Christmas. Love, Norman. P.S. I bumped into your big-titted little sister at the Fudge Factory on Mackinac Island. I saw her through the big store window. She was making fudge. When your big-titted little sister saw me, she came out of the store and she grabbed my arm and she pulled me back inside. Before I knew what was happening, your big-titted little sister was packing fistfuls of fudge into her cunt. And while she packed her cunt with fudge, her red-headed co-worker packed fudge into her cunt too. Between the two of them, there was probably 80 or 100 pounds of fudge packed into their cunts. Attention, Fudge Factory shoppers! This is Baloney Pony, the Fudge Factory store manager. Right now, at the front of the store, you can buy the actual Indian squaw outfit Cher Bono used in her hit song, Half Breed. In the pockets of the leather squaw costume are a half a dozen old smoked roaches still packed with marijuana from 1963. Additionally, we have two or three dozen soiled women's panties taken from the actual grounds where Woodstock was held. If you'd like to buy an anal expander, we've got them at the counter. Simply reach into our old bowling bag that was once used to transport 200 pounds of coke. I bought it at a police auction two years ago. And pull out a barely used 1960s era stainless steel anal expander for only 25 cents. Yes, there's still traces of shit on the anal expanders, especially in the springs and in the hinges. 
Thank you for shopping for fudge at the Fudge Factory on Mackinac Island. This is Baloney Pony, your store manager. That is all. Fuck. Ah. Uh. 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 Uh. Women are constipated three times more than men. When you're walking down the halls and your balls hit the walls, it's a rupture.